everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sit Your Axe Down. My name's Kyle, and we've got Lucas here as always. This is episode nine, which um, I don't know what we'll title it. Maybe we'll title it PLS Summer Slam Tribal Axe or PLS more discussion on the new rules um, without Kyle being a jerk like he was the last time. But yeah, this is episode nine. Welcome back. Um, if you haven't already watched episode eight, which was our Ironside episode, uh, go watch that. It's been out for a little while. Just uh, wasn't formally posted, I don't think. Uh, no, unless, I don't think unless so. Unless you posted think, it uh, later. But uh, it's I, out there as well. Uh, I so. almost posted it with the... Uh, I actually planned to post it with the graphic that I posted earlier today for the fall finale, fall finale. but I completely dropped the ball and did it from my <laughs> phone. And well, I mean, it's been a it's been a busy couple of weeks, and uh, and Ironside might be a little bit of a sore subject. So, like, you know, we just we did our episode, yeah. and, and that was that. And so, yeah, but yeah, we wanted to um, do wanted to do an episode at Tribal. Um, but both of the people that we were looking to have on, um, couldn't stay around. So we decided we would just do an episode uh, once we got back cause we wanted to do other things and, um, I'm kind of glad we did other things ultimately cause some things happened that we might not have been there for and you know, that's another yeah. story for another day. So, uh, um, yeah, we probably don't need, no, don't need another, to get another story that. for another day, but yeah, I'm glad, glad that we. Glad that we were there for that, but you know, glad that um, you're glad we're doing another episode now. So, so yeah, first topic was uh, SummerSlam PLS Pro League Series SummerSlam at Tribal. Um, yes, um, it was good. I think overall the feedback for sure from the from the amateur side was was um, encouraging. Um, from from those that were there. Um, and then I, um, our pro signups were a little bit lower than our other two events. Um, but with the amateurs having the option to also sign up for um, big axe and knives, it kind of helped fill, fill in that gap. So we were, um, you know, we still overall good numbers. Um, tribal great venue to have it at. Um, plenty of space, plenty of food, drinks, full bar, um, and all the lanes that, that you could want. So, um, it was great. I think we ran through the hatchet tournament, one bracket, we used 10 lanes to start, um, for the pro. Um, and I think it took three and a half hours. Yeah. Something went through, like went that. through very quick. It was very smooth. It was, it was fast. Three and a half, four hours, something like that. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I think there was, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a misconception out there in regards to the SummerSlam event. I think that I kind of heard some rumblings that that all the the PLS as it was prior to summer, um, you know, people weren't interested, and that's why numbers were fading off, and, and that's why they added the amateur. Uh, but we planned to do the amateur from the beginning. Uh, oh, we, yeah. We knew at Tribal that we were going to have – tons of space and so we plan to do it from the beginning because yeah the u.s program is coming up so why not test that model and see how it works and try to provide you know some feedback and data to to maybe help the u.s program event run a little better as well so yeah um, so 
you know, we the the numbers were down because you know, we yeah. made the mistake of choosing um Virginia Beach in the summer. Um, yeah. And they were so it was a little more they expensive. They were also just I think just the summer in general. Sure. I mean, if you just did a axe throwing survey for every venue right now, I think that 90% of them would say this is their slowest time of the year. Yeah, so that um, that particular mistake that's on us. Um, yeah. you know, we chose we chose Virginia Beach in the summer and you know, even though we did have what I think were pretty decent uh, hotel blocks um, in terms of rates for that, it, it, you know, it was more expensive. So, you know, we apologize to anybody who didn't get to go out and experience yeah, so know, the event at Tribal for that. But we would like to go back to Tribal at some point, um, but we will pick a different season. So that's right. Just well, be aware right. of that. Da- David and uh, Rebecca were very helpful in pointing us maybe in the a direction for next time that would, would be a little bit more beneficial to everybody. So. Yeah. Um, so for the, um, for our amateur event though, um, that's a little bit different than what they're doing for the, uh, pro-am, um, as well as what they've said they're going to do for next year's amateur tournaments. Um, our classification was really just, if you've been, if you are a pro league member, um, or, you know, like you were this year at some point, you should sign up for a pro league um, for the actual PLS portion. And then if not, then you could sign up for the amateur portion. Um, So it was really cool to see the amateurs come out. There were a couple of people that, I mean, I, I personally, when, when we were getting close numbers, were getting low. Um, We were trying to, you know, encourage amateurs to come out. I think that the other thing we did is we didn't do a good job of, um, advertising the amateur portion and so that was on us as well um so once i kind of realized that that was going on i've made it, it a personal goal to invite some amateur people um that i thought were close by that could drive um and that would benefit from the amateur division um so i i do i did invite burger um which he ended up winning um but also you know kind of went through and tried to invite other people i think that also um troy might have already been signed up but i did message his venue specifically um to try and get them to uh you know let their league members know about a tournament that was happening etc so um there were a couple of other venues that sent some people um and things like that. So overall, though, the the way that our tournament worked com- that is different than the other um, pro-ams that are coming up um, for the U.S. pro-am as well as next year is that we did have the top four from our amateur make it into the pro. So if you didn't watch or you um, haven't seen yet, um, all four of them, that the top four, they got paid, obviously, from the AM. Um, but then they also got the opportunity to throw with the pros and they all won their first match in a, which is cool. Um, I think that's, you know, encouraging for them. Um, and then also burger and, um, Troy and Troy, they went like six and two or something like that. They, they both finish one or I think burger one game out and, um, Troy, two, Troy yeah, was think, two games uh, out. Burger finished T seven. Troy finished T nine. Yeah, so that's I mean that's got to be super encouraging for both of them. Um, I think obviously some people would say that maybe they should throw in the pro next time, but you know I don't 
I think that that's, you know, part of it. People are going to have good days and you're going to see that. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's, I think that's part of the reason why Waddle has chosen to do it the way that they're going to next year. Also, you know, they're not going to allow that top four person to enter into the pro or open bracket next, next season. You can't do both, Um, which is, I think smart because obviously people would just then declare amateur win and take their chances in the, in the pro uh, or in the open rather. Sorry. And so I think that, um, you know, it's, it's a cool idea for us um, just because we do put um, criteria for what you have to have or not have in order to throw in the pro division, but with it being open next, next season for you to declare a pro or declare, you know, amateur, then I think that, um, you know, they, they can't do that because people would just purposefully or just sign up for the amateur and then also throw in the open. Sure. Um, but actually that brings up a new topic that we didn't talk about, but something that I think is, is going to happen. Um, I think they're just trying to figure out what words to use, what, uh, what's going to make sense. But I think that pro and amateur are probably not going to be the actual names, names moving forward. It's, it's too confusing. That's not, it's not in its intended purpose. Um, is the way that it's you know coming out so then there's a lot of you know misinformation about it um or you know just misconceptions about the the pro portion of of things um and so i think that they're i think personally for me i think like intermediate and advanced sure and then that also does leave the option to maybe in the future have a beginner division um so i think that it gives you a little bit of options um and and then is also you know um like respectful or however you want to put that but it doesn't you know it's nothing crazy doesn't doesn't uh make anybody feel bad for etc uh throwing in any anything that isn't advanced just because they've only been throwing for you know a short period of time sure but those those have that's been some of the stuff that i've seen thrown around are pro and amateur and well why are you a pro if you're not getting paid and yeah blah, blah, blah. yeah just uh to wrap things up on the SummerSlam event um i had two different conversations one um when i was driving back from the airport when i got back uh um, with Ryan, um, called Ryan, or Ryan called me vice versa. One or the other, um, actually I called Ryan cause he messaged me and he was like, how did, how did, uh, how'd it go? SummerSlam go. Yeah. And, uh, uh, this is Ryan Gustin, by the way, for those watching at home. But, uh, um, I told him the same thing that I told the second person that I spoke to about it, which was Mike Morton. Um, and it like the, the only thing I could think of like the best word to describe it for me personally was that um, I felt that it was special. Um, For me, I I felt that it was 
incredibly special to watch um, the support that everybody gave everybody, whether they were amateur or pro, um, at the event, especially during the tail end of the amateur bracket. Um, it was special to watch. The energy was um, different than other tournaments. Um, and I just, I told both of them that, like, it sucks that they missed out on that. Um, not just trying to, like, toot our horns, but I felt like, well, it really didn't have anything to do with us. It just had to do with all the people in the room. Um, you know, it was exciting to watch. It was exciting to watch all four who went on from the amateur to the pro uh, do well. Um, especially um, Troy and Berger. Like it was, it was great to watch that and great to experience that. And if you did miss out, go back and watch the live stream, um, especially towards the end. Cause you can see all the people standing around watching the finals. Um, you don't see that very often at other tournaments. Um, it's often, it's often very few people. Yeah. People just leave. The energy is pretty dead. Um, and it was totally different at um, at SummerSlam. So hopefully we can carry that yep. into the next event, uh, the fall finale. But um, yeah, I mean that was yeah. that was most mostly my my thoughts was that it was it was special and kind of I'm, I'm very glad that we got to be a part of it. Yeah, so we're definitely looking forward to uh, being able to. Um, you know, do the same type of event um, in December um, yep. for the fall finale. And um, I, I think our plan, as far as I know, is to do the same sort of criteria. Um, and, um, you know, I think being that it's going to be in the Midwest, being that it's going to be kind of after the year is over tournament-wise, um, season-wise, everything, um, I think that we'll have really good, uh, numbers, uh, just because so, there won't be tournaments around. Um, the only chance I think to maybe get, you know, a different, uh, you know, for us to not is maybe people will say like, Oh, I, I need a break between now and, and the next year. And I, I think that might be why we don't get some signups, but I think overall it'll be, it'll be good. I think it'll be maybe our biggest tournament of the year. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be good. Um, what were the dates? December first, second, and third. So we are gonna. Uh, typically, all of our others we've started um, Friday afternoon, but we're gonna actually do Friday morning this time uh, to make room for some other things that haven't been officially announced yet. But um, a couple of other things are gonna we're gonna hopefully have happen that weekend, and hopefully we can talk about them uh on the next soon <laughs> podcast or yeah i'm sure it'll be announced by then so yeah. um but yeah so we'll have a couple of other events so it'll be good um i think donations changing a few other things before the tournament so if you've been there before it's going to be a, a little different um they're adding some targets and uh, remo- i think removing some divider walls and things like that so yeah, Should I think the good, only person for everybody. who might be slightly upset with that might be Ryan Gustin. 
Um, historically, what? Throw Nation has been a has been a venue that he's done very well in in its existing format. Um, oh, so he might be a little upset. Um, he hasn't finished outside of the top two in an event there. I don't think two two Arnold Classics and then a another tournament they did. I think so. so he might be he might be slightly. Slightly not guess, excited about that, but yeah, or maybe he will be excited about it yeah. just being there. Yeah, it might just be the venue itself. Yeah, or it could be like the water, or I mean, it could be anything. Uh, um, I don't know if I'd trust much water in the in the anywhere near like. I guess it's it's kind of middle of the state. I was gonna I was gonna say if it was up north, closer you get to Flint, Michigan, I wouldn't trust much water. Yeah, I don't think it's the same. Um, all right, so. Tribal fall finale. Yeah. Roses, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll just preface it with I, I'm going to do my very, very best not to get um, upset or off target, of, off topic, like I did in the last uh, one where we talked about the alpha set of rules. And if we do, I'm literally just going to black it out. I mean, there might be a dead spot here or there, but I'm going to not try and go there. Because there was definitely some stuff that upset me um, that was going on, but I'm not going to really dig into it. I'm probably I'm probably just going to keep the same uh, <laughs> same thing that I'm doing on Facebook, where I just read and don't don't have much to say, just because. I mean, I, I think that at this point, the people that have made up their mind and uh, don't like it, there's not going to be much that you can do to make that better, other than to change the rules to whatever they want. Um, Makes sense. I, and I'm, I'm also kind of in the middle of the, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of the two. I mean, I understand both sides. Um, and I understand why Waddle wants to change the rules. Um, to an extent. And then I also understand why certain people don't want to, change the rules so i mean valid arguments that i've heard are like nobody's throwing a perfect season uh, nobody is continually throwing perfect um etc etc things like that i have a hard time with that last portion that. you just said because like what i mean we tend to have a conversation like every league night and it seems that you throw perfect a lot. Eh, or I pretty mean, darn close but, to it. I mean, like, for example, last night I we had league or yesterday and I threw three fifty sixes. Nice. And two sixty fours and a fifty five or something like that. But so that leaves two games. I think I threw a sixty three one game and a sixty two or something. But yeah, but what happened last like, week? Um 64, 63, 64, 64, 64 63. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that's not it. That's not that's not the perfect week. And that's, that's only one that's week. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. That's only one week out of seven. So I don't know. They I mean, and I'm one person, right? So do they change true. the rules for one person? No. I mean, like Noah had a fifty five out of fifty six season. I don't think he's anywhere near that this season, but it's like things happen. What uh yeah. Yeah, why? So there's, you know, 
I don't know. I a lot of factors. A lot of factors go into it. How much are you practicing? How much are you putting into it? All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, people say there's eight thousand. I don't know how many people there are. I've seen eight thousand thrown around. Eight thousand people. So we're gonna change it because ten people can throw a sixty average or a seventeen hundred or whatever it is. I mean, so seventeen hundred is 8, 8, still 000, eighty points missing. I've also seen eight thousand thrown around in there. I think there are. 10,000 active IDs, uh, active yeah. level IDs. And if you're not familiar with like software terms, like active users typically means people who are, you know, using it on a semi-regular basis. So um, I think there's, t- I think 10,000 is probably the better number, but it doesn't help anybody's argument or doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help the people who are changing the rules <laughs> argument there. It yeah. Makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, assuming that, and then as far as I know, there's four people that have thrown a 1700 ever. Sounds right. Yeah. Maybe you could say maybe five, but all right. So four, Different four time. or five people have thrown, <laughs> Uh, 1700s at least on the current rules maybe somebody was throwing that on the old bull but i don't think so um but either way new bull four or five people have thrown that and that's still people are still like 90 points away from perfect at that point at this point i, I don't know the numbers i'm sure somebody else could look it up or figure it out but i don't know how many people have thrown 1600 seasons but this will probably shock you Hayden has still never thrown a 1600 season. Like that's his, that's his goal is to throw a 1600 season. And so I don't know. So I see it from, from both sides. Like, yeah, there's, there's a a chance that, you know, maybe this is all too early. I think that Waddle would probably admit that it's a little bit early, um, but it's because they want to be ahead of changing. Yeah. I mean, I, from from I think from from Tyler's mouth from the very beginning, and I th- I think this I think that he said it first on oh gosh I can't think of the name on on Brett's podcast that they did. Um, mm-hmm. I mean he he told us in whatever group conversation we were having, but he told told that out to the world that their goal was to not have to change the rules for five years. Um, so. Probably the you know if you're if you're looking at it from that perspective, what they're putting out is is their goal from for five years from now, which is 2028. So, I mean, you can incrementally take out things to determine what you know what would probably be logical next year, but then we're going to have these incremental changes for the next five years, where if they just do so, it now, we probably don't have to have massive changes. Maybe. But so my thing, I guess, so I'm going to take the argument side of, sure. of not changing it, but it's like, are you taking the throwers argument side or the venue, yeah, yeah. Owner, so venue owners d- argument side? Any, I mean, yeah. just to not change it. Sure. So what, um, to me, it's like, okay, so there's, you know, let's say 20 people complain that they change the rules every year, but so we're trying to eliminate hearing from those people by changing it once for five to, to keep it from being changed for five years. 
And I would almost guarantee that there will be changes within the five years. Sure. Something will get exploited. Something will get, um, you some, know, some there, there will be something. Yeah. Anymore. And I think that, and, and I think that that's, you know, okay. I don't think that they can foresee a lot of these things, Sure, but <clears throat> there's going to be something that comes up that it's like, ah, oh, crap. Now we have to make a change. And so is it really, are we really fixing are we really protecting ourselves for five years if we're going to end up having to make changes anyways? Um, so I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, there's, they, they have obviously made up their mind though, that they're going to change it. And to some extent, and basically based upon the last document that came out, even though it says that it's, uh, the title says, beta. you know, like, I don't know if it says beta. I think it just says, um, rules release for feedback sure or something like that i but think, it, I think I that's think exactly that, what it said yeah yeah i don't i don't think there's a lot of feedback that's going to be considered unless it's like a drastic thing they haven't considered um because at the end of the document it also says this is pretty much what the rules are going to be it says like yeah. basically I'll look up the wording while we're continuing to talk, but um, I think it, it pretty much spells it out that um, there's, this is what the feedback is. Yeah. So it says major rules release for feedback. And then basically at the end, it just says, how set are these rules? And the answer is pretty set. This is just a beta version, but we don't anticipate a ton of changes to these outside of clarifications. I knew, I knew so, it said beta in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, at the um, end. So yeah, so it says it, obviously not a guarantee, but very likely this is the rule set for 2024. Yeah, yeah. So, um, going back to the episode we did at Keystone, um, there there was a draft form that was put out for people to give feedback on what they felt needed to change what type of rules they thought should change or what things they should consider. And um, like we've said, whether it's 10,000 people or 8,000 people, 300 people were the only ones who said anything. So so here's here's your one. chance now to give more feedback. And Yeah, I mean, people are giving their feedback. It's just... Yeah, I I don't know that it's I don't know that all of it is constructive. While there's no, while I'm, there I is definitely some good feedback that's being, definitely good things that are being said. I think that there's also a ton of negative, um, and and that is. that sucks. It sucks a lot. Um, it's, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a minute. But here's yeah. here's so you bring up the form. The form for me is I, I don't know what the form looked like. I don't know that I filled it out personally. I, I did um, not. I did not fill it out. Yeah. So, and this so is, I, have, I mean, that's, I got, that's why I haven't put much into a, you know, I haven't complained about anything or put any like negative stuff out there. I don't know that I, I didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like if, if you don't vote, do you have uh, any reason to complain about the president or, you know, if you don't vote on anything, exactly. That's exactly you... the, the argument, that, right. 
I think I had said to Tyler recently. So. Yeah. So, I mean, like I get it. Um, but at the same time, that's a little different. You're just picking options. Sure. Whereas the form, I, I don't know exactly how it was laid out, but I assume the form was like, what changes would you like to see? And if we let the general public decide the changes, A, they probably don't know, or let's put, take it back. They they are probably going to make or want changes that just don't make sense. Or, you know, they're not a game designer. They haven't studied any sort of game design. They might not have ever even been involved in games. They might not have done any research to determine this, this reasoning that they want to have X, Y, Z. Um, and on the other side, they might also realize that they haven't done any of that research and therefore they just don't have a good idea. Like if you asked me what I think we should change, I, d I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to make a better version of what we currently have well, and make it. That's um, not a hundred percent true. You're, have, you're simply, ideas. you're simply referring to hatchet only. Correct. Yeah. Because, like, because the one change that I know a lot of us, talked about and and i don't want to say that you were the one that that thought of it maybe maybe you were i don't know exactly but seven throw big x is it's going to be a thing yeah i don't i don't think that was like i uh, definitely wasn't like my idea but i think i think there are certain ways that i i have input on things but i don't think but if that, you had said but that was there was a logical thought process behind that yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it, I, it I have allows you to get back into the game um yeah. where Five throw big axe didn't allow you to do that. Um, and it benefits the, you know, the thrower to an extent as well. So there, there was a, there was logical thought behind that, just like there was for hatchet. Yeah, there's, there's definitely logic behind it. But I think that also, if I had been given the opportunity, they were like, all right, you get to come up with the new rules. I would have been like, I don't know what they are. I don't know what I would have wanted them to be. So because of that, I don't know. I have no um, no real issue with the, the rules that are coming out, but I understand the hesitancy and the people that don't. Yeah, you know, I know I know that for when it. when it first this is a this is one of those I hope I'm allowed to say this. because um, it was it, so during a during a meeting we had at one point, um, both of us um, gave very similar opinions to the thought of changing some of these rules. Oh yeah. When the, when the beta, when the beta was announced, alpha, the, the alpha, sorry, alpha. Yes. When the alpha version, which we, people freaked out about the word yeah. alpha, when the first version was announced to everybody, the mm -hmm. council did meet on it. Um, the council looks over most of the documents, like a couple of days before it gets announced to the public to make sure there's no like huge issues that can be, you know, typos and things like that to be fixed. Um, we both were, I would, From I would a say venue, that venue I, owner perspective, we, we were, I was against it. We were against it because I can, it, it would seem logical to think that this change is going to make it harder and our league members that might fall in that in between might decide they're done or it might also make it more difficult for us to get new league members. However, yeah. I don't even use 
the league target for customers. Oh, yeah, I wasn't. I think at my. So I'm not. I'm. I wasn't I'm, super worried about that part. Yeah, I'm not incredibly worried that I'm not going to get new throwers, but there are a lot of league members that I've had for two or three years now at this point that are have been, you know, expon- yeah, exponentially getting better. That might decide that it's done, or that their their time is is done. But one of the biggest things, and there there's been a couple venue owners that I've seen commenting on the rules in a negative light. Um, that may maybe this helps you, but the more negative you are about these new rules, the more your league members that you're around every single day are also going to hate these new rules. So if you can find positive in the new rules and you can talk positive about them, that will hopefully leak over into your league members' thoughts and hopefully they, they'll stay positive about it as well. So, but, I mean, ultimately yeah. you're not going to be able to change everybody's opinion. Right. But, you know, if you're super negative on it, the likelihood of your league members being negative or hateful towards it is just going to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, but my, my stance on the whole thing <laughs> is that I just, I don't know what I, what I don't know. Sure. So until, until we throw, I'm not going to have a ton of, uh, negative or positive for the change. Um, from the, um, Waddle side, I think something I didn't touch on, but like some of the things that made sense from Waddle other than the whole five-year thing or reasons why they feel like they need to get ahead of it is that I will say, you know, for example, if you just looked at statistics only, probably last year there were, let's say, 20 people that statistically could have won Worlds. And that might even be high. It might have been 12 let's say there's 12 people statistically for hatchet that could have won worlds. Um, statistically. And then I think statistically, yeah. I mean, anybody could have won. Sure. Right. But just if you purely looked at stats and, and we're trying to make a projection and, and, and predict who or a prediction and see who, who was going to win and you were using stats there, there were probably 12 to 15 people that realistically were probably going to do it. And, Realistically, I think you probably could have gotten really close to getting that. The four people that made it on TV, I think you could have gotten out of those brackets. Yeah. Um, And so then if you looked at if, if right now we had the I know the the USA Pro-Am thing is later in the year. But if if the US Open had happened at the same time this year as last year. I think that you would have seen that number drastically increase to probably double. I think there you statistically could have looked and said, you know, there's 20 people now that have a chance to win this tournament. So by the time we actually get to the pro-am, I, I think it maybe doesn't double, but maybe triples from worlds. And I bet there's probably 30 something people that realistically could do it. Right. And then by the time we get to worlds in 2024, which will be still under the current rule set, I think there's going to be like 
what? Five times. It would be a multiple of five at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think there's going to be like 50, 60 people that. And the reason is we talked shot. about this in an earlier podcast. Statistically, on the existing target, throwers basically outside of the top eight on the leaderboard are getting better by a half a point per season. Yeah. And at some point, likely by Worlds next year, if the rules didn't change for winter season, which they are, you're, you're likely looking at the top 150 throwers being at a 58 average or higher. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's a big influence that changes. I mean, people are going to say why, you know, why is that a bad thing? I don't know necessarily that it's a bad thing for, for everybody or anything like that. I don't, I don't know the best way to put it, but I think it, it kind of sucks if you have like stagnant, I just think it makes it to where if those if there's any of the 40 people that can win which anybody could win but if if the of the of the entire pool of um tournament entries if you know everybody can win it's it's uh you know now we're talking that people are going to lose by just the very very smallest minuscule things um it's going to be more, not more of you throwing well, but more of them throwing one errant throw. Um, and, and it's kind of like that now already, but imagine if every match was like that. And I think that, cause obviously there's a plateau, right? I mean, we just went over only five people, four or five people have thrown a 1700. Um, only one person's done it more than once. Um, and so it's a, it's there's a plateau it's you know people can't like i mean not not that noah is bad or anything Noah noah threw a really great season last season i haven't looked at his numbers because i can't get the venues to work correctly but i haven't seen him at the top on there this season so it it tends to show you that like even though he hit this point it wasn't like he stayed here he he still is going to have a little dip right because it's not you can't be you know consistency is so hard for sure um, so that that plateau, if everybody reaches that same plateau, then it's just a bunch of waves of little differences that cause it. And I just think having everybody be at that same level just wouldn't be fun. I mean, imagine if they brought back the old bullseye and the old kills. How much fun would tournaments be? Why, what would be the point of tournaments, right? Because then it's you're literally just waiting for somebody to finally miss. And so it does need to get more challenging in order yeah. to keep that um, that continuing. Another thing that um, that kind of brings up is, you know, it, with it being stagnant, is TV. People are so, like, determined to make that they change the rules for TV. 100%. I'm glad and you brought this up because I'm, I'm I'll, excited to I'll talk just about go this. Ahead and, I'll just go ahead and say it. I, I think that, unfortunately, our, our time... Our our days on ESPN are numbered, hundred percent. And that's it's not a it's not because of the product. Nope. Um, and I can tell not, you, I can tell you exactly why. I've done a lot of, I've, I I I spend Kyle a can, little. Kyle can speculate on. Ky- why, I can speculate but, on exactly why, but, but by by using information. Yes, but by, yes, by the, using. Do not 
I just don't want anybody. I, I'm tired of reading that. Oh, they're changing the sport so that it's entertaining for TV. It's just that's a that's a plus if if we're on TV, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that it does make it more exciting. I think it does bring more eyes to it if it's more exciting. But I can tell you that right now, they are not changing anything to try to save themselves from no longer being on ESPN or to make it to where they can stay on ESPN, anything like that, because ESPN is not interested in, this is what Kyle is going to say, but they're just not interested in shows that they don't control. Sure. Or so that's, that's segments ex- that they don't exactly control. right. And I also believe that you can tie back to the, the writers and actors strike that's going on right now too, uh, which is going to affect a lot of um, regular television shows, movies, you see a lot more reality stuff, although sports and stuff is technically a reality show, so that's good. But, uh, gosh, what was it? A month and a half ago, two months ago. Um, so I, I watch a ton of ESPN. I have since I was a young kid. Um, so I mean, it's you know you see the same anchors, the same um, broadcasters on all the time. Well, went to bed one night, woke up the next day, and something like 40 of the the top broadcasters, um, former sports stars, um, major watched afternoon ESPN shows, they just all got fired. Shows started getting canceled left and right. And it's because of creative control. They weren't throwing from 15 feet. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's all it's creative control. So Disney, ultimately the owner of ESPN, wants to have creative control. They realize that they in-house can produce um, documentaries like The Last Dance, and they virtually have an unlimited supply um, of stories that they can produce on their own that are going to drive in the same people in their target uh, demographics that they want, and they're going to drive in the same advertising dollars or, or more advertising dollars. And if they can do that themselves, we'll save some money. And that makes perfect sense. And when all of those broadcasters and people who run those shows have those clauses in whatever contracts they have that they reserve the rights for creative control, well, either stay on board or you don't. And, I mean, when it comes to being entertaining, the the Barstool shows um, that they canceled I mean, if you watch anything Barstool, they're they're almost always entertaining. But you can guarantee they're not going to give up creative control. And so, see you later. They're going to bring yeah. in people that that are, so, I mean, not necessarily yes men, but, you know, if you understand how Waddle's setup is with axes, like, Lucas is right. Like, I think the days on ESPN are numbered as much. I mean, and, and hopefully we're wrong. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely be wrong. This is just speculation just based upon what has happened recently with ESPN. I mean, I think it is apparent. Obviously, Knife is no longer on ESPN. Again, I think if you were purely, if you purely think that excitement is what or interesting is what keeps it on ESPN. Yeah, well, Axe would have been gone first. Axe would have <laughs> been gone. Yeah, and Knife would be the only thing that stayed. Uh, knife, it would, they would have just done Knife and Duels broadcasts. Yeah, like that's what's if, exciting. Yeah, those are those are the two most exciting of the four. 
And so that's all you would have seen are duels and knife and knife duels, probably, because that's probably going to be even more exciting. But those would have been the things that you saw on TV and that got it. But the reason that knife is gone is not because it wasn't exciting enough. Um, I think that it's purely a control thing um, a, from the ESPN a business side. Decision. Yeah, no, and that's obviously right. a business decision. So ways that we could stay on ESPN would be if for some reason they wanted to have creative control and we, uh, and, you know, Waddle allowed that or WKTL allowed that, but maybe I don't that's think an that option was... and maybe that's not, I'm, I'm yeah, I don't know. It's not an Again, option. we don't, we don't have any actual facts <laughs> for this as far as the actual relationship between Waddle or WKTL and ESPN. So I have no idea what the contracts look like or anything, but it, that that is what it seems like to us is that you know espn wants their own own content um and control over that content and that's not how the events have been produced in the past for waddle and wktl sure so brings it back to the main point tired of seeing that um tired of seeing that you know they're changing this to make it more exciting for tv it's just not the case. So any argument you have for that, as far as I'm concerned, I just stop reading because you don't you don't have a educated, um, you know, reason for saying that you're just guessing because because you know that it is boring to watch on TV. Yeah. But I, I will, I also, will say also say on that topic, and I told Lucas yeah. this yesterday, if anybody watched Lucas's live stream with Hayden the other day throwing the new rules. They're just not, as boring. Just as boring. I, I fell asleep, uh, to be quite <laughs> honest. I fell right asleep. But, and only knew that um, I woke up when my phone died, and there there was no sound being uh, played. So okay, uh, but just I will boring. get. I'll say this also about the you know boringness of the things. Every broadcast, like take you take yourself onto YouTube right now and type in 2019 World Axe Throwing broadcast and watch them in order and see how much more exciting it has gotten and how much more watchable it's gotten go to 2018 i mean 2018 to 2019 is also big change. well yeah but whatever it doesn't matter just each year it gets better, better. um so yeah. i'm excited to see how not the, even necessarily the, each year but each broadcast so yeah yeah you know, u.s I mean, open to worlds u.s open was it's drastically better yeah so check those out um i think you'll see big differences um, I think we've talked about that before, but it's crazy how how much better it's gotten. So props to you know the production company and Mario Waddle, everybody that's been a part of those. Um, they have definitely gotten better each each year um, and each each event. So um, all right, so that's tired of seeing that. What else are we tired of seeing about so, the rules? So this was just one. Although I saw it mentioned a couple different times, but I saw someone mention cornhole. <clears throat> oh, okay. And, hold on. Before you get into cornhole, well, this is this is uh, this it's not much about cornhole. It's kind of describing why there's a major difference between. Even though yeah, I use but... I use cornhole all the time when I try to argue things um, with council stuff. Um, yeah, I use it that's for a lot, that's kind of but. That's where I was headed. It just I I think that it's so easy 
to cherry pick whatever sport. I know this isn't what you're going to say, but it's so easy to cherry pick a sport and a change that they have made or not made and make your argument work. And so I just don't think that that's not how it, how it works. Like everybody can find an instance of something in a sport that does exactly what you're saying. And I can also then go and find another thing in another sport that does exactly what you're not saying. So like the whole, like amateurs getting paid and pros, not bunch of false stuff posted about that. There are plenty of, um, plenty of sports out there where the amateur gets paid. Here's a great, here's a great example where amateurs amateurs don't get paid. Amateur, amateurs, amateurs in every major stick and ball sport. So anybody who's not in the the NFL, the Major League Baseball, the NBA, are your college athletes. It took college athletes hun- more than 100 years to be able to legally get paid for their NIL. While the colleges and universities they played for got millions and millions of dollars. So... Took a long time for that to happen. Um, yeah, my I had not even considered that. <laughs> it's a good argument. <laughs> I had only, I was yeah. I mean, I was only thinking of like like disc golf. I know like just from limited research. Sure. Like, as an amateur, you you cannot win money. Um, but you have to pay to golfing. get in, you have to pay to get into the events. Oh yeah, and golf, just regular golf. You know, PGA. If you are declared an amateur, you also cannot win money. The only money that you're allowed to win is off of hole-in-one contests. You can take home that money. If you win money in the other, you do not not get money. And then also on the flip side of that, as a pro for the PGA, if you signed and and be a pro, you do get a pro bonus. You you get paid $500,000, I believe is what it was, but you don't earn any of the money that you win until you reach over $500,000. <laughs> so it's just like, there's so many different things in sports. Like, so it's just so crazy that people keep bringing up other sports to prove their points, because I can literally just find another sport that disproves your point. So, so my comment on cornhole was actually going to be about somebody had commented on somebody's post on cornhole and talked about how basically cornhole was a niche sports there's also niche sports started around the same time and they have millions of dollars in sponsorships flowing through. They have a lot of big name sponsors. A hundred percent. Absolutely agree with everything that was said. And I want to explain why they have those sponsors. The easiest way to explain it is that that sport offers major return on their investment. And here's why you can go to Walmart or wherever, buy whatever cornhole boards you want. And you can play cornhole in your backyard on every weekend, on every weeknight. And just a couple of those sponsors, Bush's baked beans, Johnsonville brats, Mike's hard lemonade, Bud light. Those are things that people grill in their backyard and make it barbecues. They're going to drink in their backyard. All of those things tied with cornhole are going to provide a direct major return on their investment. 
And until axe throwing is more easily done at your house, it can be done now. It's just not easy. People aren't putting that effort. But if, until it's more easily done at home, it's going to be harder to find those companies like uh, Johnsonville Brats or Bushes or Mike's Hard or until you can provide a major return on investment. Now, as we recently, with Murderer's Row, brought in a sponsor called Dadwater, an alcohol brand, um, it's it's a lot of work to try to make sure it's worthwhile for a company like Dadwater to prove an ROI. And so we're doing everything we can. I mean, we, we had Dadwater on our PLS broadcast. It's gonna. It's on our shirts. It's on our jerseys. It's it's not on this episode's podcast, although I was trying to do it before we started to put their logo on there as well. But we're talking to venues and trying to trying to see if venues are interested in bringing in their products and stuff. So that's one thing I think in general, this is a whole nother topic that we could spend hours on, but in general, every time there's a televised broadcast, there's people going out asking for people to sponsor their jerseys. Are, are you providing those companies a true return on your investment or on their investment? Sorry. Or, or are you just asking for a sponsor to help you get to the event and that's all you do? Um, because then yeah, that, I mean, that sponsor is likely just going to be a one and done. Yeah, so, I think it's more of just like a, a handout type of thing um, for a lot of sponsorships. So I, I actually don't, I mean, sponsorship is probably the correct word, but I always try to, when I'm looking for sponsorship, I try to refer to it as like a partnership yeah. because I want to give something back in return. Sponsor is more like give me your money and I'll put your name on this banner and that's that's what you'll get yeah um but i think the other thing with cornhole and other sports that have sponsors um that the world accidentally league has not been able to acquire just yet is that so cornhole has been able to basically there are i mean hundreds of brands of bags yep um, there's different types of boards um there i mean not a ton of those but but there's more like like different but different decals on boards different designs on boards yeah but but there are also but there are also different board like there are different qualities of boards sure so you can get you can go to walmart and get a 20 dollar set probably some crappy you know mass-produced thing or you can get you know high quality ones that are used at tournaments and things like that um, there's just all of these other brands that are coming from outside of the industry and able to, you know, get their foot in the door and, sure. and do all of these things. Whereas right now, there's just not a ton of that, that is happening in, in axe throwing there. Well, a, like what, what is the equipment for axe throwing other than there's the axes, a bag. I mean, kind of out of things at this point, right? Like, I mean, we you could say wax. You could, you could say but I can tell you that grips. I've never used wax say... on any of the things. I've never used grip on anything. You personally know, but the yeah, but I'm saying like yeah, so. Yeah. But there's like that that makes it much smaller, right? So now sure. they're not marketing to this; they're marketing to the 
12 makers that make handles on a regular basis. Sure. So there's just, it's just much smaller. Um, there, so there's just levels and steps to this that are going to take a while. I mean, the next thing would be if, if a well-known manufacturer of equipment made a throwing ax that was actually useful and competitive, that would be, I think that would make leaps and bounds for the industry, right? Because sure. then, okay, so let's say that it's, you know, Ryobi. Ryobi decides to make a an axe. Electric axe. Yeah, they've got the 12 volt, 20, <laughs> 24 volt, 18 volt, whatever they, you've got your axe. And now they have huge marketing dollars that they can put behind sure. it, right? So where's the best place for them to advertise? Obviously, with the World Axe Throwing League, where hopefully that axe is used the most because they've made a competition thrower. So then... Nope. What? They, they cannot make a competition thrower. They have made a axe that for is thrown competition. for competition. Okay. Perfect. Better. Um, so that <laughs> that obviously brings a lot of money into the sport. The other cool thing is, is this is how sports typically work. If you've ever... Or just sponsors or just how marketing works etc the second that ryobi made one yep milwaukee i bet i bet uh, there would be two or three other companies if it it, yeah if it did well at all there would be so many other companies that would now want to compete right like like the second that you know nike signs somebody reebok is then trying to sign the next person or vice versa or adidas or all these other companies that are competing. I mean, like if, if you watched the, the movie air, Air. then you see that like, that's who they're competing with is the other brands. A great movie to watch. Even if you're not a basketball or Michael Jordan fan. Great. But yeah, so that's, that's how it, it would be. And so things like that are going to need to happen. The, the thing right now is that there's just not a lot of room for that because World Axe Throwing League makes their own axes and they're they're pretty good. They're yeah. I mean, people complain about things, whatever, but I mean, if you looked at a if you go to a tournament, you go to a league night, ninety percent, if not more, are going to be World Axe Throwing League um brand axes. Sure. Maybe with a different handle, maybe with things like that. Those custom things are going to be a little harder for them to ever be able to be a major sponsor for things. So handle makers and stuff like that aren't going to be able to do that. Um, but I don't know. I think that's where things would need to change on sponsors is somebody's going to have to get their foot in the door and then that's going to bring all these other things, right? Like, I don't know what came first for cornhole, but if, if Bush's baked beans was first, I bet they had a lot to do with John. I think Johnsonville. Johnsonville. Was, yeah, Johnsonville was yeah, the so first. So if Johnsonville was first, that I bet that had a lot to do with Bush's baked beans coming on. But sure. Those types of things are going to happen, and so like the PBR thing, I don't know where that stands, what what that looks like, but I think if you know we haven't had a broadcast yet where that's been on, so I think it'll be interesting to see you know once that's out there and advertised and more mainstream. Will we see other other drinks, other food, other things in that same kind of category that maybe step up and want to be a sponsor as well? Hopefully. But I don't think that 
you'll really know until something like that gets kind of out there and put on a commercial and shown during the during the event so hopefully after the usa pro-am thing we'll we'll have a little more information but yeah i think i think you hit the nail on the head there i mean i think that's uh a great way to look at it um and that's not a knock uh, by any means towards waddle because they make axes or knives and it is what it is and you know there's no knock at all they make a great product so as yeah i was gonna say as far as i'm concerned great product um i know even the even the what they deem as bad products are usually good products i mean (laughs) yeah the the axe that seems to work for me right now is a one of those quality control kings with a goofy half square half round handle but yeah whatever is what it is um let's see uh we got off a little bit there kyle was talking about uh cornhole and and that stuff and so yeah we were just talking about the new rules i think one of the other (laughs) one of the other things that that it's it's easy you 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 can hit you can take whatever we're likely about to say right now and you can misconstrue and twist up the words in whatever way you want. Uh um, yeah. at the end of the day, like Lucas said earlier, if you have an opinion, it's gonna be really hard to change your opinion. I I'm really tired of what we've seen over the past couple of days where people are creating this narrative that um the pros don't care about the amateurs. I'm tired of seeing yeah, that it's, because it's a hundred percent not true Yeah, for the uh, majority. I can't speak for everybody, but it's, it, it does suck personally to be grouped in with that. If that's what you believe, because I, I absolutely want everybody to succeed. I mean, I just yeah. said, well, earlier, I'll be that, honest. I, I would rather that just me succeeds. Most well, of the time. No, sure. I, but all seriousness, yeah. I mean, there's it, it's it's, it's annoying. It sucks that 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 way that that particular narrative um, took off with um, the at the speed that it did, um, and it really yeah. does suck um, to see that. There was one comment in particular, and I took a screenshot of it so I would remember it, <laughs> and. Not gonna say any names, but oh gosh, I took a whole lot of screenshots. Uh, um, shoot, but this this person had basically said that this person had said I mean, something along the lines of that they had been sh- like shoved out of the way by a pro at a tournament, or made made to feel like they were lesser at a tournament by a pro. Um, I would love if there's a thrower out there, amateur, pro, whatever. If this happens, um, I'm I'm inviting you to please, please tell me, and I'll do my best to put whoever that was in their place. Because I think for the majority of throwers who are traveling to tournaments, this is, it's all about community. And if there are pros out there who are doing that, I don't think they belong in the community. Um, so 
more than happy to to listen and be all ears for anybody who has any experience similar to that and you know do what we can to try to make sure that that doesn't happen so yeah um I was trying to do some math. It's too hard. Um, <laughs> well, because I, there's too many, there's just different equations and stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't work out. Um, Cause my, my thing that I keep seeing people post is like, you know, about the, the 90, 10 split for majors and tier one or whatever they're calling them. And, sure. um, and then the, the 80, 20 split. Um, people keep acting like they've already signed up for these tournaments and they already know the pricing of things and, and they already know how the payouts are, what exactly they're going to come to and all of this stuff. Um, Cause I, I would venture to say that the amateur portion um, signups are going to be less than the pro um, is my guess. In terms of say it. cost. Yeah. Yeah. So like if, if, if a pro, if the, sorry, if the open tournament is a hundred dollars, I would assume that the so you would um, speculate, yeah, the amateur is going to be less than that to sign up. So 60, 70, 80, I don't know. Depends on the tournament, depends on what the you know, what the they want the prize pool to be. Um, and so actually, if you kind of flip those numbers, um some of the i guess well i i'd have to do the math so scratch that idea but the um i think that the um overall thing i mean i think a lot of people have made great points about how like you know if if you truly are throwing in the amateur and are um somebody that you know should be throwing in the amateur then i think you definitely increase your chances to go home with some money as well as to go home with a win as well as to go home, you know, not getting beat by, you know, 20 points in every game that that you threw or, you know, um, just feeling better overall and having a stepping stone goal to get to versus this huge gap of, you know, jumping and climbing a wall to get to the the next goal where or, or you're going to have smaller goals that you'll be able to obtain, you know, first goal, don't go 0 and 2. Okay, great. Then your next amateur tournament, you know, get, you know, two wins, go break even two and two on your, on your wins and losses. Um, next goal would be to try and get into the money, I think, or to, you know, just increase those wins every time. Um, and then you can get to the point where, you know, if you increase those wins every time, you're going to eventually go home with some money. Um, and I think, you know, without having the amateur part, you wouldn't be able to get to that point. But on the on the flip side, if if you made it to where it was 50-50 split for the money, why would somebody not just throw in the amateur every time? Sure. So I can, I, that part is, has been the hardest one for, I think people to wrap their head around just because initially when you do see the numbers, you're like, Oh, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I know that Tyler is working on 
uh, I'm pretty sure that he's working on, you know, some actual numbers to show people what those prize pools will look like. Um, I think that the numbers for our prize pool was like 20 something percent is what we did at our amateur tournament. So that's about right. Yep. We did a little bit, we did a little bit more than that. Um, and there's, um, I think that as long as you're paying out the minimums, you can also add money. So there's nothing that says that I think you couldn't pay more as well. So I don't, I don't know. I think as long as you meet the minimum for the open and paid that part out, I think you might be able to pay more to the am portion. Uh, that's pure speculation. I don't know for sure, but, but I think that it's not going to be as bad as people are making it out to seem. Um, and I think that people are just using this as a, a way to create division more so than the division that they're, that people have been asking for, but more so just on a personal thing that all of the pros or what people keep saying as elitist or elite are just purely in it to um, only make money, only worried about getting themselves on TV, et cetera. And as someone that has been on TV and someone that has made money at tournaments, that sucks because there's I spend a lot of time trying to talk to amateurs, like I said, and inviting them to come to these things, trying to grow the sport um, by actually growing the people that are in the sport. Um, and so it's just really frustrating to see that and be put into this category of elitist when I feel like I at least try to not ever you know, come off that way. Um, and definitely don't ever intend to come off that way. Um, when I'm doing anything with axing, whether it's throwing, I, judging, I think we mentioned it in the first episode that, <clears throat> that I think both of us are kind of the same way that we, we don't necessarily outwardly go out and, you know, talk to everybody that we see. Uh, yeah. But both of us are extremely approachable. We, you know, if you talk, if you come and talk to us, we're more than happy to talk to you and yeah. have those conversations. And if it is, you know, ever seemed different, um, just say something. Yeah. Send me a message. To, happy to talk about it. Um, one other thing that I, that I saw, and I know we've had this conversation personally, we've had this conversation with the other person, but, um, I think somebody commented, somebody commented and said something along the lines of like, um, I think they even named Tyler and said, you know, if he's the one that's creating the rules then he shouldn't be able to throw and. I think somebody commented on one of my posts and said that like anybody who who is on the council or has, you know, any type of input um or the powers that be shouldn't have the ability to throw. Um I'm extremely 
um on the opposite side of that uh, <laughs> yeah argument um this is i'm not even good i'm not even gonna argue with it or yeah, because i mean you can't you can't make any just, of those statements but here's here's the argument it doesn't make any sense here's the argument that that i'll take and this is or the not the argument but this is the the point that i'll take so as a very avid baseball fan um the I grew, grew, we grew up in the steroid era. I mean, we had Jose Canseco, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, all those guys. Um, steroids definitely made them hit the ball farther, no question about it. At the end of the day, they still had to hit the ball. So, when it comes to the axe throwing, if Tyler's the one that is directly involved in game theory, creating the games and the concepts and stuff like that. It does nothing to make him throw better on said target. He still has to throw the ax. He still has to hit the things to win. Knowing what the target is and being a part of that. That's why they started talking about this in, when did they start talking about it? March? I think it was like February or March. February yeah, or March. So that way rules came everybody out. had, you know, the knowledge of this far in advance while they were creating and and fine-tuning whatever rules they were going to do. Yeah. So to say that somebody shouldn't be able to throw because they assisted in developing whatever rules and stuff, still have to throw the axe, you still have to hit the circle. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I I just keep saying, you know, like if just because you made the rules doesn't make you any better at them. Like that's, right. that's like saying like the guy that invented Monopoly is not allowed to play Monopoly. Yeah. Because well, obviously he's going to win because he has played the game before. Yeah. And and he he got to play it before other people because he created it. So now now he's just obviously better than everybody else at it. Yeah. So I don't know. Just, I just don't understand how that even, why people even think that that would be an advantage. You literally, you can't play defense. You can't hack the game. You can't, there's a judge. You can't cheat. That just doesn't, I don't know. I can't come up with a reason why you think that because somebody else knew the rules before you did by a, so here's here's the here's the uh, here's the argument or here's another way to look at it. Um, we started throwing in um, 2019. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, 2019. Troy Goss started throwing in January. Oh, should we, we can't throw anymore? Should we have not been able to throw because we knew the rules? Of the I mean, he didn't even before. He, he'd uh, never even seen it. He didn't even know. But so we, like we, we definitely shouldn't be able to. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, Your Honor, I rest my case. <laughs> no more questions. <laughs> Cabrio lawyer. <laughs> so, but. Um, I don't know. I think we complained about enough things. Um, we didn't eat anything on this podcast, which is 
a bummer. I don't have anything nearby except for a bottle of water from a few days ago, probably. <laughs> I had Burger King before I got here. Um, not, That's not great. It's okay. I'm probably gonna. I'm gonna go eat after this. So, well, on the food subject, okay. yesterday, yesterday I, uh, I went and snagged Arby's when I was on my way after after our league before we had this big group in and I snagged some Arby's and I came back and I uh I ordered the mozzarella sticks from Arby's. And got back, I sat down, I, I ate one, and then I told Amanda, I said, you know what, I, I order these every time I come to Arby's. Yeah. And each time I think I expect them to to like get better. Okay. And each time I'm disappointed <laughs> because I thought, well, maybe they just made them wrong the last time. No, they're just not good. They're just not good. And I keep ordering them. So I'm going to try to not do that in the future. <laughs> you don't like them, huh? I like them, but I also haven't been to Arby's in uh, yeah, I think year, I think it comes down to like the marinara sauce isn't that great, and oh, see, I don't even mess with marinara, so yeah, the, it's just yeah, it's just not they're just not great. They're not terrible, but I just expect them to get better, and they don't get better. However, I was a fan of those crispy chicken tacos from Taco Bell, yeah. but now they're going away. So, well, yeah, they're always going away. That's how Taco Bell works. They're finally taking the the uh, McDonald's approach with the McRib. They're they're creating supply and demand. Engineering supply and demand is probably the better. Yeah. Term. So. Yeah, they um, and then they're having people vote on what they come back. So then they kind of have a good idea of what they should bring back. I don't know. I think they obviously got something figured out. Yeah, for sure. So, next tournament later this week is Titan Town and uh, Far Throw. Um, Titan Town sanctioned, Far Throw is unsanctioned. Um, but yeah, Both those are the, this weekend. This weekend. Um, so. I'm sure we'll have some stats and things after to talk about. Yeah, shortly um, shortly after those is through Ohio. Well, not shortly. Hey, like a month later. Where are you where are you staying? This weekend? Yeah. Undecided. <laughs> what what are your options? So options um are Ryan and I were tent camping at at um you're not doing that so next what's just what's option two option two what option two was um brett was going to bring up his camper uh however they discovered a major mold problem and had to completely rip it out or gut it out and redo the inside Um, his new camper no he had a fifth wheel Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, so the people who owned the the property were going to bring up another camper, um, which they were going to charge us for, uh, which I'm not opposed to paying for. But um, it's basically the same 
cost, same price as getting a hotel uh, per day. Um, so like 300, 400 bucks a night. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so we've looked at a couple different things, but I'm not, we're not opposed to it. Ryan seems very like wanting to tent camp. Um, so we'll see how well, that goes. Yeah, that sounds awful. Um, it's gonna be real hot. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really know what my plan is either. If I'm being honest, <laughs> you don't. I mean, I have some options. I got options too, but I, there, I'll be honest. All of my options sound better than any of yours. So, yeah. um, there's that. So I got that going for me, but I don't have anything set in stone. Yeah, I know. I know that the Wellmans had mentioned like maybe having like they they met this guy who lives there um, through Dustin made a handle for him. Yeah, and um, his daughter's going to school in Michigan, and they connected that way, and so they're staying with this that gentleman. They had mentioned the possibility of seeing if we could stay with them, um, but yeah, nothing. So Kyle's homeless for the for the weekend. Got I mean, if you guys don't have anything, that camp the that the camper that the people who own the building um will sleep five people. And it would be a lot cheaper. Um than if you get more people. If we got more people, yeah. But uh Okay. Yeah, I'll, I I'll the, keep that in mind. I'll only, add that to my long list of options. Yeah. Yeah. Um or there's there are there are some cities that are like 30, 40 minutes outside of town. Actually, I did yeah. find one found one VRBO that was like actually very affordable. You're because you're driving. Yeah. Yep. That also sounds terrible. <laughs> um <laughs> all right. Well, well yeah, I'm so driving we'll, uh... at least from what my knowledge is, I'm driving to Indianapolis and then Ryan's driving from there. So all right. Well, maybe we'll do a podcast there. We'll see. Yeah, I'll definitely have have my stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll bring with me. I'll bring the stuff. Uh, also, going to try to fit some dad water in as well. So probably bring a couple variety packs of dad water, if not maybe more than a couple variety packs of dad water. So. Mm-hmm. Hit us up. Maybe right we'll have dad water. Worst case, we'll get mom water for sure. So, but yeah. Um. Yeah. So we'll. Um. Yeah, we'll catch you guys. Probably at Titan Town. If not. Yeah, we'll um, do another one in between. Yeah. If not, we'll do another episode like this. We got to figure out a good time to start doing them and just like. Do lock it down because we. We want to do them after the tournament, but it's so hard. It is. It is. I think. I think the best one was like doing it the day we got there. Yeah that that makes the most sense. Doing it the day we got there, talking about like the tournament beforehand, and then you know, then we can talk about what happened at the next one or in between or whatnot. So maybe we do that, and then maybe we just make like a graphic to show like who ended up winning. Yeah. Another thing I had thought about doing too, and I think I, I mean, I'm sure I can do it is, uh, I'd thought about pre-building the intro portion, uh, into its own slide and then, uh, doing a live stream. 
for this. Because then we could have, like, taken people's chats and stuff like that and asked questions and talked about that stuff. Maybe we can do something like yeah. that in between. Yeah, we still just... And the problem is we still, like, have to have... No, oh, yeah, in between, uh, that would be fine. Yeah, yeah. We could definitely do that. Um, And then we could still record it and still put it out there, so... Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, we can just run it straight to, to YouTube and the Facebook page and... Yeah, I would prefer... Well, I prefer to just go to YouTube and then, then, then it can stay there, and we can take the audio and run it through Spotify too. We can just use restream. Yeah, the only thing is, if it just depends on where if we want to increase viewership on YouTube or if we do, if we even care about that. I mean, regardless, I mean, we would have to have an insane amount of viewership to ever produce any actual income from this. <laughs> If, uh, like, I think just if people hopped on, yeah, it would be fine. So, we would do Facebook and YouTube at least for the first one, yeah. So, all right, so maybe we'll do that. Um, we'll try those two options. We'll try a Titan Town, uh, doing it the day that we get there because there, there's a women's tournament Thursday. Oh, nice. What time are you guys getting it? Get wow, oh, we get in early. Cow. We're you early Thursday. Like cracked. You're early Thursday. Okay. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll need to skip League Wednesday and plan to be there. Because I mean, the drive isn't terrible from Indianapolis. It's actually a nice drive. Um, the only thing that sucks yeah, we, is like we, an hour in, we hit Chicago a little bit, but that kind of sucks. But we land at lunchtime. We land in the middle of the day, so then we're just. I think we're just gonna have to rent a car and then drive from Milwaukee. Oh, I thought Tyler was picking you up. Or maybe I'd maybe I'd maybe that conversation never happened and I just thought of it in my head. I mean, I'll message him. I'll take a <laughs> ride, but I don't I don't think that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Um but yeah, so maybe we could do the uh a pre one there women's tournament maybe then we could whoever wins the women's tournament could be on yeah i'm good i'm getting with that and, and then we could do the other stuff so depending upon time maybe we'll see how that goes um but yeah we'll uh catch you guys for the next episode yeah and um yeah all right we'll see you guys later